0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After three years of innovation stifling supply chain and labor challenges, paired with record high inflation and a trying economy that has discouraged both investors and adventurous shoppers, food and beverage manufacturers are finally ready to start prioritizing new product development again. But this time, many are taking a different approach, according to new research by TraceGains. The second annual customer survey of nearly 300 food and beverage professionals by the Networked Ingredients Marketplace published last week found 86% of food production and supply chain management professionals feel overworked and overwhelmed by current market challenges. But rather than continue to back burner innovation, many CPG companies are taking a work-smarter, not harder approach to new product development and R&D. Gary Isles, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at Trace Gains, explains in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. He shares how companies increasingly are leaning on co manufacturers and tech enabled solutions, including automation, to renovate and innovate new products that they're bringing to market faster and for less. So, while the last three years have been tumultuous, to say the least, and the effects of the pandemic on how people eat, shop, and live will be long lasting, IELTS says consumers are entering a new, healthier era. And food and beverage players are eager to innovate and renovate to remain relevant.
1: I, I would describe the theme as there seems to be this prevailing sense of, you know, changing for the better. Like people are looking to change for the better, companies are looking to change for the better. And there's just so much that goes into that. Um, everyone has their own definition of that, of course. But generally speaking, a lot of this centers around, you know, healthier everything, right? From healthier work environments to healthier food. To kind of changing out some old bad habits and getting into better habits, um, whether that's more exercise or just um, more social engagements, coming out the past three years, um, even just you know sensible conveniences, you know ordering food online and having it delivered to your house. Um, so it's not surprising that the brands are really looking at how to innovate to satisfy this 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 emerging and and varied shift in preferences across uh, the consumer industry. So, you know, innovation is certainly um, really hot at this point in time for and top of mind for all companies.
0: Indeed, Tracegain surveys found nearly two thirds of respondents plan on investing in new product development in the next 12 months, and one third plan to modify anywhere from six to 20 recipes, which is up six percent from a survey TraceGains conducted last June. As Isles explains, this is an about phase from about three years ago, during which innovation took a backseat to supply chain and inflation-related challenges, resulting in fewer launches and new products debuting at Expo West this year than normal pre-pandemic years.
1: During the pandemic, it, it was all about supply chain disruption. And, you know, it was all about surviving, frankly, uh, for a lot of these companies. Um, product innovation took a backseat new products or lagging products were were, were generally halted or shelved and onto concentrated efforts with um, the core products for those brands and with you know supply chain um, shortages it was difficult to even produce those products. You know, last year we ran the survey and it showed that roughly three quarters of the respondents' primary concerns were around supply chain disruption and cost of ingredients. And so you know that's not really a big surprise. It was just confirming what we all kind of knew what was happening, could see what was happening in, in store shelves. But nearly half of those companies also expected innovation to stagnate and decrease. And I think that's the reason when you're going to you know the show this year, <clears throat> there's not a lot of innovation because everything was was, was back burnered. Um and and to see, you know, more than fifty percent of their companies suggest that they're going to stagnate or decrease product innovation in, the, in an industry like CPG that relies on new and improves, right? I mean, that's, you know, and product variance, that's that's large. That is, that is a massive change in the impact to the industry. So I think we're seeing kind of a fallout of that this year at, at the expo shows, and I would expect to see new products launched pretty prolifically uh, next year when, when we go to those shows. I think that companies now are in a position where the primary concern of survival is gone, and they're recognizing that as preferences change, they need to capitalize on these preferences. Um, Again, what we saw still this year, which was actually surprising to us, is that even though innovation was at the top of mind, 43% of the respondents were still very explicitly concerned with mitigating sourcing complications like ingredient sources, um, uh, rising costs that were occurring globally, and and even things like ingredient fraud and illegal sourcing, which really makes sense, right? During times of chaos, a lot of bad actors come out of the shadows and they take advantage of the situational pressures and the chaos occurring across the supply chain. So a lot of brands got got burned during that process. you know, I, those pressures aren't uh, completely gone. They're still top of mind. And we and we were a little surprised to see that, but what we did see is just a strong lean towards innovation. Uh, and 98% of the respondents indicated that product innovation would at least stay the same or increase over the next 12 months. And two thirds of those respondents were indicating that it would increase over the next 12 months. So to your point about Expo and to your point about innovation, I think the industry can expect to see a lot of innovation occurring over the next 12 months. We're going to see a lot of new product launches and product modifications.
0: But as IELTS notes, companies aren't innovating for innovation's sake. They are carefully considering shifts in consumer preferences. These include a desire for ingredients that are healthier for them and the planet, which IELTS notes can be addressed in part through reformulation.
1: So one of the stats that we found was that 50% of the companies would be changing 11 or more of their product formulas. And and this was a a response from a broad swath of the industry, from small companies to larger players. So that was really interesting that there's so much emphasis being placed on reformulation. Um, Part of what they're trying to accomplish is streamlining the process. And which which can be the hardest part of, of reformulation. Coming up with an idea is one thing, but but getting it to market's a completely different thing. And so we also saw that half of the respondents, more than half of the respondents, indicating that they're trying to streamline how they manage their specification and new formulations to streamline that to make that more efficient. So you've got you've got uh, kind of a, a two-layer problem with companies recognizing that they need to reformulate and that they have to do it far more efficiently than they've done it in the past. And again, all the external pressures that we see relative to inflationary um, and economics, excuse me, all the the dynamics that we see with regard to inflation and economics are really factoring into that. But it's also all of those external things outside of the product specifically, um, the product ingredients, specifically, that are influencing uh, this behavior as well, right? Companies are moving to more sustainable products. More ESG concern is growing across the planet, and so companies are reformulating to ensure that they're sourcing from ethical sources or they're sourcing um, from sustainable sources. And so those factors are requiring companies to not only innovate their products but to create better front-label claims, that meet you know kind of the market demands today um a lot of those things when unaddressed become buying disqualifiers so companies are scrambling to make sure that their core products that they've delivered to the marketplace that have brand awareness are now reformulated in such a way that they meet the shifting priorities of consumers
0: as manufacturers scramble to catch up on lost time for innovating trace gains found many are outsourcing production rather than maintaining a more traditional, vertically integrated approach. Indeed, the survey reveals 55% of companies are outsourcing more today than three years ago, and 47% are working with up to 10 partners.
1: The co-manufacturing um, wave is, is, is very interesting. I think there are a couple of dynamics driving this. One, larger companies, particularly during the pandemic, right, that had assets we're starting to look at these assets at as They couldn't, you know, produce products. Um, and we're starting to think about what's the best way to capitalize on the waves of innovation that are occurring from these smaller startup companies that are, are arising all over the place. And so even the larger companies are moving towards incubators and smaller um, co-manufacturing organizations, whether it's direct investment or or leveraging co-manufacturing, to get products to market faster. If you think about it, they have the ability now to, you know, multi-thread their their product initiatives um, where they may have been constrained to, you know, the factories that they have. Now they can, um, you know, I don't want to say infinite because that's not necessarily the case, but they have a lot more resources at their disposal to... Um, create small production runs and test market and get new products to market faster than they would have um, in their own facilities. So that's one. Two, smaller companies leverage co-manufacturers because of the costs and um, not having to support the assets or the resource or make investments in those assets as they're starting up a company, which makes a lot of sense. They're focused on getting to market with new products and, and marketing those products Um, They don't want to spend resources on building assets to create those products. So they can easily outsource that. So that's really driving a lot um, behind co-manufacturing. The biggest concerns, I think, or I'm sorry, um, what we found in our survey is that more than half of these companies are using co-manufacturers now more than they had been three years ago. So the data supports the trend towards co-manufacturing and for all the reasons that I mentioned. And it really comes down to efficiency and utilization of resources.
0: How companies approach co-manufacturing arrangements has also evolved, with brands looking for more partners who are not only able to help with production, but other aspects of the business as well.
1: You know, in the past, you may have gone um, out to the market to look for a, a, a co-manufacturer just to simply produce your product, right? Now, now. What companies are looking for more so are partnerships. So I think the first thing that some uh, an organization or a brand should do when looking for co-manufacturers, you know, start with what outcomes that they want, right? And then kind of back into requirements from there. Um, they really need to assess what the capabilities of the co-man are, not just their facilities and whether they're a reliable, ethical um, partner um, capacities certainly important, but it's also how they partner, which can be very important. You know, are they actively contributing and collaborating as part of the process? Are they bringing knowledge to the table, or are they just producing your product? And I think that's super important going forward because things change quickly. And so that also means that you need to work with a partner who can describe how they remedy problems, what their approach is, both you know, just generally, but also in contract, right, what they're willing the contract towards, that's super important because you always hit bumps in the road. So understanding how that extended team of yours responds to adversity is important. You know, does it align with your brand and does it align with your, your values and, and, and your customers' values? So that's key. Um, at the end of the day, all of this is de-risking your business to some extent. And so you want to make sure that these companies, the comans, have – a level of digitization and sophistication for today's market. And there are a lot of comans that are out there that have been, you know, running um, antiquated plant equipment, but more importantly, antiquated plant processes, you know, very paper-based processes. And so I would suggest looking for those comans who have modernized their operations, um, whether it's facilities but more importantly, their processes and how they run their business and do they conduct a digital business um, going forward. That's really an important, important aspect of that's sometimes overlooked.
0: In addition to tapping co-manufacturers for more help, Trace gains found CPG companies are increasingly leaning on tech-enabled solutions to ease their workloads. This includes dealing with never-ending paperwork, complicated compliance regulations, and sourcing complications – which Trace Gates found were the top three stressors among its clients.
1: I mean, the dirty little secret in, in, in our industry is that paper documents still exist, and they exist in abundance. Um, you think about the massive amount of information and data and documents that are shared between organizations, um, even just via email, right? If you consider email to be digitized, um, that would be a mistake, Uh this information is so vast that 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 running operations without fully digitizing and standardizing your information is almost it's it's impossible um to capitalize on everything that's occurring technologically across the industry with 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 AI and workflow automations so those companies that are really lagging in this area are really going to run up against competitive disadvantages in the future and you know, data and information has to be accessible to all participants in the organization at the right time and has to be protected and permissioned in the right ways. But that information has to be accessible. And if it's not digitized and it's not in um, uh, it, embedded really in workflows that, that capitalize on intelligent automation, um, companies just don't have the ability to react in, in, in time. And I think if one thing... We learned during the pandemic that really stood out is that the changes that occurred and and the constant disruptions that occurred over the course of three years were so disruptive primarily because companies didn't have an ability to react quickly to those things and so if you think about what this automation level can bring you um automated workflows Automatic alerting, um, real-time risk flagging within your organization. You know, I, you know a great example. Think, think about a global e um contamination uh, situation, right? Like a super bad situation. People can die. If your systems and your processes and your co-manufacturers have the ability to automatically flag exposure across your supply chain to do things like halt shipments, stop production, even halt payments, um, from suppliers, um, alert downstream retailers automatically and instantly, perhaps before anyone in your company even understands what's going on globally. Right? This is a capability that exists today, and that level of consumer protection and corporate protection is really only available when you digitize your business. It could save lives. This could save the existence of your company uh, even. Now, when you layer that concept with the reactive side of this, which is the ability to immediately alternate source against that scare of contamination, find new suppliers that don't have contaminated products and be there before your competition gets there. And perhaps even before those suppliers realize that they can raise rates because they own the supply, you have the ability to impact um, your entire value chain. Um, for your customers and avoid catastrophic circumstances and in the past five years ago I may have cited an example like that and people would have been like yeah you know it's possible but but what we saw in the last several years through the course of the pandemic is these are the types of things that absolutely were happening and companies that were surviving had already positioned and were already capable of capitalizing on this type of uh, dynamic through all the digitization that they've been putting in place so it's a really important um, concept going forward that you have to look at your business not just about meeting market demand but how you actually run and operate your business in today's world taking advantage of the capabilities that we're seeing including um, what what is all the rage obviously is is, is artificial intelligence um, to, to not only understand what's going on but to react to it faster than you could uh, manually Pla- platforms like trace Games actually help them get there faster than they could on their own and the reason we do that is because again we have a networked fabric that we connect individuals as well as data um, in a network ingredients marketplace and so we always say you want to start with the ingredients right um, the ingredients come from suppliers. So you have to have that connectivity kind of, of ingredients to locations where they're being um, produced to those suppliers that are producing those. And then all the documentation and data that surrounds that, including third-party data from global alerting systems like um, SDS Comply, as an example. And if you have the ability to plug into this network and capitalize on all the connections that are already there that associate individuals, companies, ingredients and the associated information around those ingredients in one place, you're taking a massive leap in your operations immediately. And so, you know, ingredients are the atom, right? They are the, they are the nucleus of everything that's created as far as a product. And then there's so much information that attaches to that ingredient that, that it's impossible for companies to do this on their own. And this is why TraceGames emerged, to create a community where we could provide the network fabric where companies and individuals can plug into that network fabric and then capitalize on the information that's available.
0: As essential as innovation is to the longevity and relevance of CPG companies, Trace games survey shows that companies cannot simply innovate for innovation's sake. Rather, they need to innovate to adapt to market conditions and overcome obstacles, which are constantly changing, but which Isle says Trace Gains can help companies track and navigate.
1: Our website is a wealth of information. We put a lot of resources and information on our website, and we make that available um, you know, very easily for folks in a variety of different formats, from, from podcasts like this to Um, material that they can read, short-form blogs, longer-form papers, and, um, uh, you know, videos and training videos. So there's a wealth of information there. We're also all the major trade shows. So um, when we're there, please uh, reach out to us and connect or stop by our booths at those major trade shows. We'd love to talk to folks. And kind of really one of the big things I would point folks to is one of our newest solution innovations that we've We've innovated during the past, um, past year, year and a half as well. We've launched a product called Trace Games Gather, and that really is the portal, the entrance into that largest and, and only network ingredients marketplace that I've talked about. It's a community of more than 61,000 supplier locations. We have more than half a million ingredients and items on that platform, and it's a free solution for everyone. You can go there for free, sign up, and access this marketplace to develop new partnerships. As a supplier, you can list your products and sell more, or you can even access um, compliance documentation in this vehicle. And, and it's super powerful. Um, even so powerful that if you were to actually run a Google search today on like um, obscure items like Activa MP, which is a... Um, a dairy yield and texturing type of uh, ingredient that's added to products, or even service providers like Integrate Logistics, which does, you know, cold chain storage services for, for the industry. If you were in Google searches on those, you're going to see that the Trace Games Gather solution actually comes up as one of the top responses because we have so much information in this network ecosystem that Google is, crawling it and bringing it forth as as a reliable resource for the industry. So we're super excited to be a part of revolutionizing the supply chain and how companies are innovating and bringing new products to market.
0: Isles added that this July, Trace will unveil another product that will help with innovation and which he says will be particularly helpful for new brands or small to medium-sized businesses coming to market and scaling up. So something to watch for. But until then, we have reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment and help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.